Well, today in our Life Hack series, we're talking about how we get wisdom for being faint of heart, wisdom for the faint-hearted. And if you're unfamiliar what it means to be kind of faint of heart, it means that you might lack courage or you might be timid or you may not have what it takes to do a difficult task. And so just kind of going through Google, I wanted to compare what the world says with what God says. And one of the things that I found as far as a life hack according to Google, which is true because it's on Google, is this, that you've got to visualize positive outcomes. Like if you want to get over your timidity or your fear, just go ahead and and dream big dreams and visualize that they're going to pay off. The second one I actually like a lot, celebrate your achievements. I believe anytime there's a great victory, you need to celebrate it. Like last week, we had somebody in our young adult ministry say, you know what, I'm tired of just coming on Thursdays and being a part. I want to be a part of the church family. And she walked the aisle and she joined. And then on Wednesday night, she was already active in our children's area in Awana. We've known her for months and I just thought that was great. Another way that you can kind of get over some of your faint hardness or timidity is to track your progress. See that you're actually growing and achieving things and just kind of see your progress maybe compared to goals. An easy one for you today is to collect inspirational quotes. That's your fourth one already that you have. And you can get inspirational quotes from books uh, online or maybe from the Bible. That's my favorite place. But again, I'm a preacher, so I have to say it, although it is true anyway. So we're going to be talking about the faint of heart. But one of the things that I wanted everyone to kind of understand where the series is coming from as we walk through the book of Proverbs is it's really going back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. In 1 Thessalonians, we covered all of these sermons or all of this kind of point in one Sunday. And I remember going through it saying, man, that was too much, too fast. And so we broken it down. And it's from 14 through 18 in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, which says this. And brothers, we urge you, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak. That's what we're talking about today. Be patient with them all. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And the reason that these marching orders and instructions are so good is because 1 Thessalonians was the first book written to the New Testament church. And in that, they gave us ways that we can carry and conduct ourselves in a way that's beneficial for the church. And so for us, I just thought that it made a whole lot of sense as we started our year to figure out how we could carry out the marching orders as a church to be the church. And so today we're going to start in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 19, as you're turning there. Again, a definition for somebody who is faint-hearted is something that describes someone who is behavior that you might be thinking that is not very confident, that does not have strong action, that might be afraid of falling. And the reason this is so important for us or failing is because being a Christian is not exactly for the faint of heart. Being a man or, or woman of conviction is not exactly for the faint of heart. Being a follower of Jesus Christ in a world that is counter-Christ and in most ways counteractive and uh, oppressive and not just oppressive but uh, anti-church is not for the faint of heart. So we got to figure this out in a way that will be honoring to God to where we can live in the confidence of Christ. Proverbs 16, 19 says this, it is better to be of a lowly spirit with the poor than to divide the spoil with the proud. 
You know, the idea of being lowly of spirit, the idea of maybe being down sometimes instead of being filled with pride might be counterintuitive to what we think of, but God is telling us that it's okay to be lowly of spirit. And I just want to address the fact today that there might be times in your life to where you're down, times in your life to where you might be, uh, times where you might lack confidence. But when the scripture talks about the idea that it is better to be lowly of spirit with the poor, that lowly of spirit means this, lacking the courage to face something difficult. It might be being overcome with weakness in your mind or your heart or your confidence or to be timid. And there's a reality that no matter who we are, no matter where we are in life or what we're facing, there are times to where we might just be overwhelmed by our circumstances. We might be overwhelmed by the pain of the day, the pain of the moment, maybe our health situation, our financial situation. And there are things that weigh us down naturally. Some of the things that weigh us down, seven of the things that I think happen most often to us, so one, one of the things is that you might look at your day and you might have wasted minutes or hours. If y'all ever been to work, you get done at the end of your day and you're like, man, I was here all day. I felt like I worked, but I didn't accomplish anything. Anybody besides Brett feel that most, most days? You might look at your life and you might have these past failures. And you're so concerned with the times that you failed in the past that you didn't realize that your failures are nothing more but stepping stones to success. Your habits... You, you might have habits that you hate, but you just won't break. Any of y'all ever wish you were a morning person, but that alarm rings and the only thing you want to do is pick it up and smash it? Like, you don't like that habit, but it's a habit you won't break. Some of you have negative people in your life. All they do is beat you down. Every time you have a, a dream or a desire, they tell you why you can't accomplish it. You might have those things. And I just want to say, you got negative people in your life, you need to cut them out. You don't have time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. You might have false beliefs. You might have false beliefs about who you are. You might have false beliefs that your past defines. You might have false beliefs about what you can accomplish, false beliefs about what God wants to do and can do through you. You need to get rid of those false beliefs. Another thing that weighs you down might be an unhealthy lifestyle. Like you might just eat junk food all the time, so you always feel like junk. You may not exercise and take care of yourself so your body just doesn't have the energy. You need to get rid of that unhealthy lifestyle and move, take care of the temple that God's given you, right? Uh, number seven, you might have pointless fears. So many people have these fears that control them that they cannot move forward in the calling and the life that God wants them to live. They're just so afraid of trying anything, they don't ever try anything at all. Proverbs speaks to this in chapter 12 uh, 25, it says, anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down. The reality of this is there are always times, or there are times where all of us feel anxious in life. There are times to where we are simply down. I want to acknowledge this as normal. It is normal in life for you to have times to where you feel anxious. It is normal in life for you to have times to where you are stressed and maybe stressed out, to where you might have panic in your bodies. You might look at yourself and be like, well, I can't say that I have anxiety or panic because the Bible tells me to be anxious in nothing, but in all things, by prayer and supplication, make our requests known. I can't admit that, but the reality is some of us have chemical imbalance as well. Some of us have stress, shame that we're dealing with. Some of us are just hurt. And hurting people hurt, and it's okay to acknowledge that this is part of life. In fact, 
There are some people in here, as we talk about sanctity of human life, immediately in your soul you cringed. Because you look at your past life, maybe you or the, the woman that you were with had a time to where they had an abortion. And in that, you're just controlled by the pain and the hurt of a past mistake. Your thing might not be anything dealing with sanctity of human life. Maybe your thing is just a mistake that you made in a previous relationship. Maybe you were divorced in your past. Maybe you just did something awful, and in your life, you're like, man, God could never love me. I could never get free from this. And as you think through that, what I want you to understand is you're at the perfect place for imperfect people. Every single person has struggled. Everybody has something in their past that they're not proud of. But your past does not determine your future. And your past doesn't have to weigh you down tomorrow or today. You need to be set free from that. Some of you might have a legitimate chemical imbalance. Some of you might have something weighing you down so much that what you need to do is acknowledge that you're not okay and say, you know what, what I really need right now is I need help. I need someone to talk to. You are not mentally weak if you have to go to counseling or if you have to go see a psychiatrist. You are mentally strong enough to say, you know what, I'm at a point where I need some help in my life. And so whenever we acknowledge this as a church, we don't want to just say, hey, it's okay to not be okay. Or, hey, maybe you should go see a counselor. One of the things that we offer, that we will always offer, is we have gift cards to, to Hope Works. You go to the Hope Center. The Hope Works is a Christian-based counseling center. They have all kinds of counselors for all kinds of needs. And if you're in here and you're like, you know what, I just need some freedom. I just need someone to talk to. I just need some help. We want to pay for your first visit. We have a $100 gift card. In fact, these are basically an endless supply because the president and CEO is a dear friend of mine. He's a guy who's mentored me and encouraged me. I worked with him back at Prestonwood days. I was a part of Prestonwood whenever we started HopeWorks. And I just want you to understand, if that's where you are, like if you're struggling, admit it. In, I want to encourage you to go talk to somebody. In fact, I'm just going to leave these down front. If we run out, I have a literally about a hundred more of them in my office. And when those run out again, I'm going to go back to Steve and he's going to give me more because we want to help people. And sometimes you just got to get to a point to where you say, I need help. That is okay. That is normal. And that is natural. And it shows maturity. It shows wisdom and insight that you don't want to stay in a rut, but that you want to move forward. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down. And we need to understand that. But there's wisdom in the Word of God that provides confidence that in the rut we are in, we don't have to stay in. I love all of 1225 because it starts off, uh, anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. How many of y'all want a good word today? I got a good word for you. Our attitude is to be shaped by God's Word. Our attitude is not to be shaped by our circumstances. Our attitude is not to be shaped by the bad things that happened yesterday or last year. Those things aren't, let them go. They're like a dirty rag. Throw it away and let's move forward. Like I like a good word in my heart to build me up, to encourage me, to motivate me, to know who I am in Christ, to know what God has for me. Like 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 16 and 17 says, so we do not lose heart, right? Life is hard, but we're not going to lose heart. Had a bad day yesterday, a bad week, bad year, bad decade, who cares? We do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. You know what's true about you? 
Not that you're stuck in who you were. The truth about you is that God regenerates you. He transforms you. He moves you from what you were to what you can be in Christ. That's what he wants to do. Renew day by day. For this light of momentarily affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. This week we had a member who buried his son. Painful, painful week. This week we had a man who buried his spouse. Painful week. But you know what the pain of today does? It prepares us for the promise of eternity where there's no weeping, no tears, no more pain. We are set free from sin. We are set free from the penalty of sin, the presence of sin. We get the fullness of God preparing us with the weight of glory beyond all comparison. Galatians 6, 9. And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Life in Christ is not easy. It's never been guaranteed to be easy. Life as a church was never promised to be easy. Fulfilling the calling of God as a church or an individual. There has never been a time in Scripture where God says, hey, if you stick with me, it's going to be easy. All he does is promise us that if we stick with him, that he will stick through with us and through every valley, every trial, every hardship, he is there with us through it. Psalm 23 tells us that in the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil for his rod and his staff, they protect and comfort us. And even through that valley, he is there with us through it, that we get the promise of his presence. When we talk about difficulties as a church, maybe with the city and the relocation, if we do not lose heart, if we do not grow weary, in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Church, don't give up on the calling God has placed upon your life. Church, don't give up upon the calling that God has called us to. Colossians 3.15. And let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. Y'all face storms and adversities, trials and hardships in your life, maybe in your finances, maybe in your family, maybe in your work. Let the peace of Christ rule over you, that the sufferings of the present age are but a vapor compared to the greatness of our great God and Savior. I love 2 Timothy 1.7. It says this, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. God has given you a spirit of power. Quit being scared of everything. God's given you a spirit of love. Quit being filled with rage and hate. God's given you a spirit of self-control. Quit diving into sin and temptation. God has given you a spirit of an overcomer. Church, hear me. You're not working for a victory in your life. You're working from a victory on Calvary. God has already set you free. Enjoy the freedom of Christ. You know, some people look at this whole COVID situation and they're like, oh, well, you know, we're, we're, we got some people who are controlled by fear and other people who are controlled by faith. You know what I see in this? I love the example of the uber cautious people, right? The super cautious people. You look at their life and they are absolutely controlled by COVID. And people are like, Cole, why do you think that's good? Because if they can be controlled by COVID, they can be controlled by the Holy Spirit. If they can be so controlled about where they go and where they don't go, wearing a mask or not wearing a mask, getting vaccinated or not getting vaccinated, you do whatever you want. By the way, I care less what you do. But if you can be controlled by a disease, you can be controlled by the Holy Spirit.
If you can be controlled to where you watch where you go, who you're around, the decisions you make, why can't you be controlled by the Holy Spirit? Why can't the Spirit control your life if a disease can control your life, if a flu bug or whatever can control your life? In that, we should use this as an example that we'll not be controlled by fear, we'll not be controlled by regrets or mistakes that we made in the past, but we will walk in the Spirit. Because here's the reality of it. Our confidence is in God's ability, not our capability. Our confidence is in God, who he is, what he promises us, not our limitations, not our setbacks, not anything about us. Everything we have in our confidence is based upon God. So what we're doing in 2022 is we're hoping for a renewal. We want God to renew our faith. We want God to renew our marriage conviction. We want God to renew our commitment to the calling he's placed upon our church. We want God to renew us through his spirit. We want more of God in our church. So here's our prayer for 2022, that God will renew us. And this is how it goes. Dear God, please pour out your spirit on your people. God, please pour out your spirit on our church. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Like that way, when Greg goes to work, People who don't notice Greg, they're like, what is different about that? I don't know what has gotten into him. I don't know about his faith. But man, I want some of what he has. I want some of that God juice. I don't get it. That way, whenever you're at your home or maybe you're around your family, people look at you and they're like, why is she so different? I can tell there's something different. And you can use that as a platform to say, let me tell you about what God's doing in my life. When I go through and I'm living my life, whether I'm going to a game or coaching a game or going to the grocery store, I want to be distinguishably different, not by who I am or what I say or what I do, but by the Spirit of God that is in me. Dear God, please pour out your Spirit on your people. We're asking you to work powerfully among us to show how real and mighty and transformational you really are. We want more God in our church. We want more God in our church family. We want the people of God who have been saved by grace through faith to live like they're saved by grace through faith. Controlled, motivated, encouraged by the Spirit of God. Living for Him in new way. Trying new things. Not worried about our past, but worried about who we are in Christ. Because when we understand who we are in Christ, when we understand who God is, when we understand the promises of God, that wisdom motivates action. That wisdom causes us to move in God's direction. Look at Proverbs 35. Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. You know what that means? That means that when we look at the word of God and we see who God is in scripture, that we can take that to the bank and deposit it in our hearts and our lives and have confidence because every word of God proves true about who God is, but it also tells us that every word of God is true for us as individual followers of Jesus Christ, that he is our shield and our portion. And we moved not based upon who we are, we move based upon who God is. We have courage for the task that he calls us to based upon who God is. We move as representations, missionaries to our school, missionary to our work, missionaries to our community because of who God is. That's why whenever we look at, at circumstances of the day, we have confidence, not because of us, but because of God. And so what I like to do is go back to Scripture and 
let Scripture tell me who God is. Like we look at this, Jehovah Jireh, God is our provider. He provides for us even when we don't have in our mind any understanding of how we can pay our bills. God provides. And you don't know the miracle that God's going to provide in your financial situation. But can I tell you at Christmas time, I had a, a, a lady tell me, you know, I didn't have money for my bills. My paycheck isn't what I thought it was. And then God provided enough money for me to make it. That's what God does. He is our healer. Some of you might have just got COVID, just had COVID. You might get COVID today or tomorrow. God's your healer in cancer. We don't wonder, is God going to heal us? We expect God to heal us, and he will. The worst thing life can do is take it from us to where we enter the presence of God. And I can tell you this, when Paul lost his wife this week, he said, you know what, I'm going to miss her. I loved her. I was there with her every day. But I'm grateful she's no longer in pain. She's healed today. And I can rest in the peace of knowing that her body's okay. Jehovah Shema, he's always there. He is always there. Some of you feel alone, isolated, like there is no body there, no one there, nothing there for you. Can I tell you, it is a lie to think you are alone because God is with you always. He will never leave you or forsake you. He is your peace. Jehovah Shalom, peace and heartache, peace and trials, peace and troubles, peace in the job loss, peace in COVID, peace in anything life throws at you. He is your peace. Jehovah Nisi, he is our battle fighter. You know, time and time again in Scripture, Jesus tells us just to be still and he will fight our battles. Time and time again, he will fight our battles. This week, I got a phone call Thursday. Got contacted, and the conversation was something like this. Hey, call somebody saying something bad about you on Facebook. I was like, what else is new? Like, no, 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 about the church. I was like, okay, well, who was it? And they told me, and so I go, and I look, and I find the comment on Facebook, I talked to the leader. You never talked to me once. This is an absolute lie. I'm like, anybody who attends our, anybody who knows anything about our church knows this is an absolute lie. And I remember like looking at it and I was like, I'm going to type this response. I'll tell them, I'll show them to mess with me. And then I was like, why are you engaging in a conversation that's not true at all? I'm like, delete. God's got that. He's big enough to handle this. Some of you might have a lot bigger problems than some stupid Facebook lie. Some Facebook slander that's not true about you or whatever else. You know what you need to do? You need to let the Lord fight for you. You need to fight that battle on your knees. And you need to trust God to provide for you the victory. Jehovah Rahai, he is your good shepherd. He will protect you. I'll be real honest. I have no idea how to say this last one. Jehovah Kenu. I'm pretty sure I nailed it though. He is our righteousness. And this is my, my favorite, the one I can't even come close to saying. He is our righteousness. The reason that we can go to the altar and pray, the reason that we can be accepted by God is because in our sin, God sent Jesus to live a perfect life. Born in, placed in a manger, lived a perfect life, became the perfect sacrifice, and he died on the cross for our sins. 
He is our righteousness. And when we go before God, we go before him in a righteousness that is not our own because when we place our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, he gives us that righteousness. He took away our sin and replaced it with his grace, mercy, and kindness, his righteousness. And so we move based upon who God is, but we moved based upon what God has promised as well. Throughout Scripture, he tells us to fear not, for he is with us. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Maybe you go to the gym, you're like, I'm going to be strong. Maybe you go before your, your battles, and you're like, I'm a man's man. I got this. Look at my beard. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but the reality is God strengthens us. It's not what kind of man's man we are, woman of God we are. The reality is it's God's strength in us that gets us through. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you because there are times in life when you can't, but God always can because he is the great I am. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Psalm says this, 28, 7, the Lord is my strength and my shield. Come at me, bro. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy, and with my song, I praise him. Bring it, world, I got it. God is my strength and my shield. Second Thessalonians 3 says this, But the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. God calls us in faith, in trust in him to be the mighty warrior. In fact, he gives us the armor to fight those battles, not through our own strength, but through him. And he fights for us. That's why we can look at Ephesians chapter 5 and we see this, or 6. Finally, be strong in the Lord and strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. This is a life act. We understand who God is and who we are in Christ, the promises he has for us. And when the world comes at us, we are established not by ourselves, not by our strength, not by our past, not by our education, not by our experiences, but by God himself. And there is a war to be fought. And there are weapons in our arsenal. The greatest weapon we have is the word of God. When trials come, when hardships come, we speak the word of God over those situations. We allow the truth of who we are in Christ. We allow the truth of who God is strengthen us and establish us. And that is how we fight on our knees in the word of God. The second weapon is the weapon of assurance. Faith in God, assurance of things hoped for. Assurance that we can have in community. Like in a connect group, in a small group where we share our lives with others. People speaking that truth, the word of God into our lives, praying with us. The assurance that we have from reading the word of God. Assurance that we have with that peace that passes all understanding. And we have the weapon of reminders. One of the, the greatest ways to describe being faint of heart is the term cold feet. Any of y'all ever, like you're getting ready to get married and you're like, I don't know about this. Christy looking at me and she's like, really? Is this... All I get, I'm not sure about this. Get it? Cold feet. And it's common. It's a thing for a reason because many people think about eternity and being married forever to the same person. They're like, I don't know. One of the things that I learned long ago is that this is common. And so we want to address this from the very beginning. So if you ever come to my premarital counseling in our first session, what's going to happen is you're going to get a three by five note card. I'm going to ask you to write down three or four reasons why you want to marry this other person. We're going to talk about those things. We're even going to talk about three or four reasons why you're nervous to marry the other person. 
And we're going to go back to that card, three or four reasons why. And I'm going to say, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take this fresh card, and I want you to spend a week thinking about this. I want you to come up with uh, 8, 10, 12 reasons why you want to marry this person. And I want you to bring it back to me the next week. And so they come back, and they're like, here's my card. I'm like, that card's not for me. That card is for you. Because if you're normal, and you understand what you're getting into... At some point, you're going to be faint of heart. You're going to have cold feet. You're going to think through this process. I want you to pull that card out, and I want you to remind yourself why you want to marry this person, why you want to spend the rest of your life with them. A great tool for us when we are timid, when we lack courage, when we're faint of heart, and the calling God has placed upon our lives as ambassadors of his grace and mission to live the specific calling of being a missionary to the workplace or speaking out of faith, wherever we are, is we need reminders of who, maybe in a trial or circumstances, reminder of who God is and who we are. It might serve many of us if we took some of our favorite Bible verses, we wrote them in a card, put them in our back pocket. If we got out the notes on our phone and typed in some of the promises of God that we need for that moment, reminders. God has given us a weapon of reminders. And as you think through this, you might in your mind or your heart be like, man, I need more of God in my life. I need more faith. I need more hope. I need more wisdom. I need better priorities. And so what I want to encourage you to do as we talk about Renew in 2022 is I want you to personalize our prayer for our church, for you as an individual follower of Jesus Christ. This is a prayer. Dear God, pour out your spirit on me. God, I need more of you. I need my priorities to be different. I need my heart to be aligned with you. Lord, I fill my mind up with all these other stuff. Just pour your spirit out on me. Make your spirit be evident. Pour out your spirit on me, I ask. I'm asking you to work powerfully among me to show how real and mighty and transformational you really are, how transformational Jesus is in my life. Lord, please work among me. Pour out your spirit on me, Lord. And as you do this, I want to assure you, this is a prayer that God wants to answer in your life. You just have to make the decision that I will renew my faith in my Savior. Because when he gets a hold of your life, he will take you places you never thought possible. He will use you in ways that you never dreamed he could do. If you will just open up your heart and your life and let him.